is a Woodside Church podcast. We are currently going through our series on uh, Nehemiah, uh, a time to rebuild, as we look forward to, as a church, rebuilding after the, you know, the COVID crisis that we have been facing over the last one and a half to two years. I don't know whether the crisis is still finished or not. It's still ongoing, and we are trying to rebuild in the midst of an ongoing crisis. And my topic for the day is uh, putting things right, and uh, it's based on the ninth chapter of the book of Nehemiah. So uh, rather than read through the entire chapter, I'll just give you a summary because of, you know, because of constraints of time. So let's uh, go through the summary. So uh, just as Hudson was preaching last week, the Israelites starts hearing the law of God from the first day of the seventh month. On the 24th day, they come together to confess their sins, and they are fasting and wearing sackcloth and have dust on their heads. For a quarter of the day, they stand and hear the law, and for another quarter, they confess their sins and worship God. And as they are worshiping God, they remember, just as we were remembering today, they remember how God had led their nation over the years, starting from Abraham, their deliverance from slavery in Egypt, the giving of the law, etc. They remember the faithfulness of God, His forgiveness, graciousness, and compassion, His provisions for them, manna, water, and clothes that did not wear out in the desert, and how God gave them the ability to take possession of the land. They remember that God is slow to anger and abounding in love, and because of His compassion, He did not abandon them. They remember the repeated disobedience, rebellion, blasphemies, and sins of their forefathers, and how God removed his hand of protection over them, as a result of which they suffered at the hands of their enemies. And when they cried out to him, how he came to the rescue time and time again. They remember how God sent his prophets to guide them and show them the error of their ways, but how their forefathers paid no attention to these, and how God did not abandon them, for he is a gracious and merciful God. So we find that as a result of hearing the law of God, they do two things. One is they acknowledge that God is just and they confess their sins. And secondly, they make a binding agreement with God to do things God's way. Now this is a topic for Tim's preach next week. And unfortunately, I will have to make a little foray into his preach because, uh, you know, it's, it's impossible to do a standalone preach without touching both ends. And uh, so they make a binding agreement with God, putting it in writing and affixing the seals to it. Not only that, they go another step. They bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God and to obey carefully the law of God. So now let's try and get into the, uh, into the topic in a, in a bit more detail. And being a doctor, I would say, let's dissect this and open the internals, okay? So even though the word used here repeatedly is confession, what they were doing was actually repentance. Now confession is nothing but acknowledging sin, whereas repentance is feeling remorse or sorry for doing certain things. 
We see that the Israelites were truly sorry about their actions and the actions of their forefathers, and so they were actually repenting. So today, I'll be focusing my talk on repentance, not confession. Now this repentance is a much misunderstood word. Over the centuries, the church has you know, advocated different methods for repentance. So it would be something like, you confess your sins to a priest, and then you will have to undergo a period of penance where you abstain from certain foods or certain activities, and maybe inf inflict pain upon yourself to achieve control over your body and over your emotions and whatever. And uh, so repentance means different things to different people. But let's look at what the Bible says about repentance. And frequently, you know, it's my practice, if I'm not sure about something, I go and look at the original Greek text. Not that I'm, I, I, I understand Greek or Latin, but, you know, helpfully, there are explanations for those words. Now, repentance, the word repentance is derived from the Greek word metanoia. Now, meta means after, and noia means understanding or knowing. So repentance is something that happens after understanding or knowing. And when the Greek used the word metanoia, to them it was not just a change in our view or opinion, but it was actually a fundamental change in direction. So it's not something that affects our mind or our heart, but it translates into action, okay? So I'm going this way, and after knowing, I go in a different way. So that's what it means, metanoia. So we find this is what happened when the Israelites repented. There was a fundamental change in direction. They don't not only confess their sins and ask God to forgive them, but they wanted to do things differently going forward. But the mechanics of how they went about doing it is different to how we should be doing it as New Testament believers. So let, let me try and explain. Now, to help me with this, I need a helper. Uh, see, as a doctor, I need an assistant. A doctor never does anything by, by himself. He always needs an assistant. So I'll ask Mohan you know, to be my assistant, to be my helper, he's kindly agreed. And Mohan is going to be the Holy Spirit. Helper, the Holy Spirit. How good is that? Yeah? Thank you, Mohan. Come. It's a good man. Okay. Now, we all know a body is a temple of the living God. Yeah? A body is a temple of the living God. Let's look at a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And this is what Paul says. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. And John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, you know, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Watchman knee you know, who is a Chinese Christian, calls the Holy Spirit the resident boss, the boss who is in our life, just as Ron was, you know, 
alluding to that this morning. Beautiful. He's done part of the preach now, you know. <laughs> and this is what the Holy Spirit does. He confirms these things again and again. And uh, so, resident boss, okay? Now, what happens when we become a Christian? When I become a Christian, you know, I am asking God, you know, I'm thanking God for what he has done for me on the cross, which we sang this morning. He did everything for us on the cross. And I'm saying, God, forgive my sins and come into my life as the Lord of my life. So the Holy Spirit comes into my life as the Lord of my life. He's the boss of my life, okay? And uh, he gives me his undivided attention, undivided attention. And there may be millions and millions of Christians all over the world, and this is what the Holy Spirit does to every person, every person who's put their trust in God and asked God into their life. God gives them that undivided attention. Is that right, Holy Spirit? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And uh, you see, my, my, my friends, you know, we think of, you know, as we live this Christian life, we are thinking, sometimes we say this, you know, um, oh, I've been blessed with a wife or a husband, or I've been blessed with a job, or I've been blessed with a car. I mean, these things we call, these blessings are blessings with a small b, okay? Blessings with a small b. But the greatest blessing, the blessing with the big b, is God himself who has come into my life. God who is the creator, who created everything, okay? Who made everything, who made each and every one of us. He has come, you know, to be with me in my life 24-7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay? And that's blessing with a big B. You know, when Abraham was sulking in his tent, okay, after, you know, he had a big victory. He defeated five kings. And then he came and he was in his tent and he was sulking. And God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I am your very great reward. I am your reward. Okay, so this is the blessing with a big B in my life. But because the Holy Spirit is in my life, it does not mean that I lose my individuality suddenly. You know, I don't cease to become myself. I still am myself. Okay, I still have my desires. I still have my weaknesses because I am living in this mortal body. I still have my weaknesses. Okay, I can still think. I can still plan. I can still make decisions. And when I live in this, in, this, in this flesh, in this body, I can still make mistakes. Not that I have to, but it may happen that I make mistakes. And when I make mistakes, okay, what happens? Because the Holy Spirit is in my life, the Holy Spirit will remind me, Ensign, there's something wrong in your life. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Not only that, because I'm in the habit, and I'm sure... All of you are in the habit of spending time with the Word of God every day. The Word of God also reminds us that there is something wrong in our life, just like Hudson you know, preached last week. The Word of God reminds us. Okay? Not only that, sometimes we come to church, and through the church, God reminds us there's something wrong in our life. Or it may sometimes happen in a community group setting. And so it's very, very important that we have this relationship with God. We are in the habit of spending time with God. We come to church and we come to community group because God speaks to us in all these, through all these circumstances. And now when the Holy Spirit reminds me that there is, or the Word of God reminds me that there is something wrong in my life, what do I do then? What do I do? If I've committed a sin, 
the sin. This is, you know, uh, the Bible's term for some mistake that I've done in my life is sin, okay? So when I've committed a sin, what should I do? Now let's look at a few verses, okay? 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And Psalms 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. What's the distance between east and west? Can you measure it? It's in... <laughs> it's infinite, okay? It's infinity, okay? You can't measure the distance. And God says, so far have I removed your transgressions from, from, from us. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 34 says, For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. I will not remember it. Hallelujah. And Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, Apostle Paul reminds us, Having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. What was the written code that was against us and opposed to us? We are guilty. Guilty. Okay? What did Jesus do? He cancelled that written code which says we are guilty. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. A guilty verdict is gone. So if you are in Christ, the guilty verdict over you is gone. Hallelujah. So when I come to God, if I've committed a sin, I will say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. Maybe I was angry with Tim. So first I'll go to Tim and say, Tim, I'm so sorry I was angry with you. Please forgive me. And Tim will say, yeah, good. He's forgiven me. Then I come to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I've been angry with Tim. Can you please forgive me? Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you remember this? No, thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> see, this is what happens. I can tell you a story from my life. You see, I got married at the age of 26. And the day before our wedding, so I was getting married in a Syrian Orthodox church, you know, because my parents are from that sort of church. I wanted to honor them. And so I was getting married there. And the priest who was, you know, uh, conducting the wedding was my mother's uncle. And he was, he had an operation and he was resting in my house. So he was there. He's, go he's the one who's going to conduct the wedding ceremony the next day. So he called me the day before and said, Ensign, you go to the church, you know, his, his parish church, go there and take communion the next day before the wedding. So I thought, oh my God, I've never done this. I've only been in a, in a different, you know, like a New Testament church previously. And so I told my mother, mother, you know, mom, um, you know, we call him Achan. You know, he's asking us to, you know, me to do this. Mother said, oh, don't worry about this. You know, you go there, the priest will pray for you, and then he will give you the communion. I said, is that all? I said, okay, yeah. She said, that's all, okay? So I said, okay, I can, I can cope with that, okay? So I went the next day. And then I went there, the priest said in a very polished language, you know, actually to kneel down. I didn't know what that word meant, because, you know, I'm, I, I never used to, you know, go there regularly. And I've never taken communion in that church before. So I asked him, what do you mean? What is it? So he thought I was making fun of him. Because everybody who goes to the church understands the meaning of that word. And then he said, okay, you kneel down. Well, I said, okay, I can do that. I knelt down. And then he told me 
confess your sins. I said, um, I have no sins. <laughs> and he thought I was really, really making fun of him. And he said, no, 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 you have sinned. Everybody has sins. You know, you know, please, you know, tell me your sins. I said, you know, dear priest, I have no sins in my life. He said, no, 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 you have sins and you have to, you know, tell me your sins and I can forgive you because we have been given the keys to, you know, uh, heaven and earth, you know, uh, heaven, you know, and, uh, and we let people in or something he said. And I said, no, 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 no. Uh, yes, the key is actually believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You tell people, you know, about the Lord Jesus Christ and when they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they enter into heaven. You don't have the authority to let them in, you know. And he thought, oh my God, you know, he had enough. Because he couldn't do nothing because his boss is actually sitting in my house. So he didn't know where he stood, okay? And then he said, okay, I'll pray for you. I said, yeah, please pray for me. He prayed for me and then he gave me the communion. So church, that is how it is. When I had sins in my life, I gave it to Christ. It's covered under his blood then I don't bring it up anymore, okay? I don't remember it. He doesn't remember it. I don't remember it. I don't dissect it out, okay? I just give it into the hands of God. And that's how it should be, isn't it? Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, what happens once I have been forgiven, what happens next? For example, I was angry with Tim. Does that mean that I will not be angry with him again? What do I do? I can still be angry with him, or I can be angry with Hudson, okay? He may be playing up, or, you know, I could be angry with him, you know, as he usually does, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, the second thing that we do is seek the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, Holy Spirit is always there. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you help me? not to commit that mistake again. Yes, I do. I Thank you. I have got many weaknesses in my life, many bad habits. Will you help me overcome those? Definitely, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is what, this is what God does, okay? You see, the biggest mistake we can make is making a pledge or binding. This, this is where we differ with, with the Israelites in the Old Testament. They made a pledge and a binding agreement to do things right after they've been forgiven, okay? Not only that, they said, if we do this again, then we are bringing a curse down upon ourselves. They bind themselves with a curse and an oath, okay? Just imagine. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time when we come to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to help us, forgive us, who is doing the work? The Holy Spirit is doing the work. We're not doing anything. We're saying, forgive me, and he forgives us. See, as human beings, we are not happy that way, okay? Because we want to do something ourselves, and then become, we become very happy. So when we've been forgiven, as human beings, we think, I need to do something as well. So what I do on a nice sheet of paper, I go to the shop, bring a nice certificate or a form meant for that, or get a diary, and it's my resolution diary. So I make a resolution. From going forward, I will never be angry. 
or I will never be jealous, or I will do this and that. I would never do like this. And then we put nice colors around it and stick it on the wall or something, and we say, okay, we have done something good, okay? So who has become happy doing this? We, we have become happy. Who else has become happy? The storekeeper, the shop owner has become happy because he's saying, I've got the right thing for you. You see, I've got the right thing for you. So we've offloaded some of his wares, okay? So he's happy as well. But God is thinking, oh my, he won't say, oh my God, oh my, what is he, what is he doing? What is he doing? Okay? So such a decision is what we call a decision of the flesh, okay? It's bound to fail. If I say I will never be angry, then I'm bound to fail because, because we are unable, as human beings living in this flesh, we are unable to live the Christian life with our ability, okay? And who knows this, that we are unable to live? God knows. And that is why the Holy Spirit comes into my life. Because he knows without him, I cannot live this Christian life. Can I live without you? No. No, I can't, okay? He's a helper, good, good friend, okay? So God knows we need his help, but sometimes we don't realize we need his help. We think we can do something. That is why we make resolutions. If we make resolutions, we fail. God doesn't ask us to make resolutions, does he? You know, he says, come to me and live with me. Apostle Paul says, if you live by the Spirit, you overcome. Okay, that is how the Christian life is lived. Now, in John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So apart from the Holy Spirit of God who's living within me, I can do nothing. Hallelujah. So, church, supernatural help is available to each one of us every moment of our lives 24-7. Ron, thank you for sharing that beautifully. Okay? Morning, afternoon, evening, you know, with him. You know, 24-7. Okay? Seven days a week. Every year. Okay? God is with us. Supernatural help available to you and to me. You see, you know, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest weaknesses that I had was getting angry. Okay, Some, sometimes you might think, is that? Yeah, I was. Anger was a big problem in my life. I used to snap like anything. And poor Sunu has borne the brunt of my anger for the last 30 years or so. Okay, and, um, and um, I, you know, I, I, I remember in the early days, I used to, uh, you know, Try, I will try not to be angry. I didn't know, you know, all these things then. So I tried my hardest not to become angry. The harder I tried, what happened? The more angry I became, okay? More and more occasions to become angry. And then I realized I am unable to overcome this on my own, okay? And this is why the Holy Spirit has come into my life. And I, then I said, God, I will stop becoming, you know, angry, okay? And I want you to work in my life. 
I want to work in my life. God, give me the grace to overcome this, this weakness in my life. And gradually over the years, you know, God has worked in my life and given me, not that I am perfect now, I still snap, okay? I still snap, but by the grace of God, it is becoming less and less and less. So if you draw a graph, anger is becoming like this. But my love for her and the way I honor her is becoming more. Because one thing, you know, me and my wife, we got married within three weeks. And I'm thinking, my God, how can I love this woman for the rest of my life? It's impossible. Okay? So I came to him and said, God, give me the grace to love her. Just like you love me and you love the church. And he worked in my life. And so love for her is going up. And anger is coming down. So I am a work in progress. Just like every one of you. We are all work in progress by the grace of God. Hallelujah. We don't look back to the past. Church, never go and dissect and bring out the past. Okay? Once you've given it to God, it's gone forever. It's what we, I think we sang a song. It's washed away. It's washed away. Our guilt is washed away. Hallelujah. So, every day I live with the Holy Spirit, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me live the Christian life. Holy Spirit, help me to live the Christian life. I will, I will be with you. Thank you. Help me to overcome my many weaknesses and habits. I have many. Will you help me? Yes. And we can enumerate our weaknesses to him. We don't have to go and sell it to anyone, you know, but we can enumerate to the Holy Spirit. And God, I want to be like you. Can you help me to be like you? Yes. Can you help me to think like you? Can you help me to act like you? Yes. Can you help me to walk like you? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. And then when we are in trouble, when we have made a mistake, when we ask, God, where are you? Where are you? Here I am. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> God is always with us. Okay? He's always with us. He will say, Holy Spirit will say, I've never left you. The moment you invited me into your life, 30 years ago, I've been there. Every day. He's been there every day, isn't it? You've Man. been there every day. Man. I might not have known sometimes in my life. I've been very busy, as Ron was saying. Sometimes we become very busy and we forget he's there. And when you say, God, where are you? He'll say, here I am. Here I am. And you see, I, I say God is a gentleman, more than a gentleman. You see, he does not barge in and say, okay, I will take control of your life. You know, he expects us to ask him. So when we ask him, God then starts working in our life and brings the change that we want to see. Hallelujah. Amen. So before I say thank you to Mohan and allow him to go, I just want to commend this man to you. Okay? This man, I want to say Emmanuel as well. If Emmanuel is here, I don't know whether... Can you come help me here as well? <clears throat> These two men come up here every Sunday at 8 o'clock. Okay? And they do a great work. Okay? And uh, these guys you know, arrange all the chairs and all the, you know, things that we have here. Exactly. And, the, team members as well. and yeah, yeah, you, you take charge of the rota and, you know, and I know that you've enlisted a lot of young people to yes. be with you. Young people, thank you so much for all that you're doing. Okay. And, you know, then they go back home and bring their families. Okay. And these are the last guys to leave the building once the service is finished. So church, let's give them a... <laughs> Thank you. I can't leave you. I can't leave you. (laughs) 
So it's not just them. I know that lots of people, young people taking part in worship, PA, projection, you know, welcome team, kids work. You know, thank you for all that you're doing. We're so grateful. And this is how we should be. You know, we are a family and we are doing, you know, God's work. God has placed, you know, um, sorry, I'm again doing your preach, you know, and, um, <laughs> and uh, God has, you know, has put something on our heart and we do it day in and day out, week after week, with his grace, with his, with his ability, with his power, with his wisdom. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much. We thank you for you are a good, good father. You are a good God. And we love you with all our heart. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for you have come to be with us, your people. Lord, you are in our life 24-7, never to leave us or forsake us. Lord, you walk with us, Lord. You walk with us. Lord, you speak to us. You listen to us. And Lord, you take such interest in us, Lord. You give us your undivided attention, Lord. You forgive us our sins and you cleanse us. And Lord, you purify us and you call us your children. Lord, we are so privileged, Lord. We are so privileged because you, God, has come to live within us and you have made us to be holy without blemish, free from all accusation, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much for you are there with us and we love you we praise you we thank you lord we thank you for your work in our lives you give us the we are work in progress lord you change us lord from one degree of glory to another degree of glory we thank you lord for you give us the grace to think like you to speak like you to act like you to be like you and lord we just thank you for you are a wonder working god and we thank you for you are in our life we praise you we worship you we thank you in jesus name Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'll hand over to Tim. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.